Hello and welcome to another episode of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. I'm your host, John Dennis. You can catch me on 97.5 WPCV. Joining me, as always, my co-hosts, John Williams. What's up, guys? They can't say anything back to you, but I'm sure they say hello to you back. <laughs> they do, man. And Leave it in the comments. That's right. And Alberto Camargo. I'm back. That's right. Excited to have you. Two weeks in a row, man. It's going to be a lot more than that. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. That's the idea. That's the idea. So uh, we're going to kind of start this off a little different than we usually do in the Somewhat Sports Podcast. Usually we just dive right into the sports. Sometimes we do, uh, you know, some fun stuff beforehand. And this is kind of along those lines. Uh, but it, it is sports, I guess, adjacent, I think is the word I'm looking for. Parallel. Yeah. So explain to, explain to me what we're doing because because this is this is uh, John Williams is a brainchild here. He, he kind of came up with this, uh, you know, in our in our pre production meeting before we had anything to do. He was just staring at his computer for about twenty minutes. And we're like, John, <laughs> not what are you saying doing? a word. Yeah, not a word. <laughs> like I've never seen someone Crafting so concentrated. A yeah, exactly. <laughs> so apparently, we're doing we're starting this episode off with a little trivia competition between myself and uh, Mr. Alberto Camargo because we we feel like we have to have. Alberto here pull his uh, pull his weight or I guess prove himself initiate to the uh, yeah. that's exactly initiation so hazing whatever you want to yeah. call it <laughs> we're not gonna call it hazing we're gonna <laughs> just stay away from that. yeah yeah cut that out yeah <laughs> I'm bleeping that on the podcast anyways so I guess yeah it's just to, to kind of prove your salt show that you know what you're uh, what you're what, what, you know what you're made of I guess we're gonna go ahead and do uh, some trivia here and, and John's organized some questions into what easy medium and hard yes sir three three categories and we've done this before we had. A little success with trivia. We just kind of didn't follow up with our our uh, consequences afterwards. Right, right. And, and there was various factors. And I mean, obviously, you know, Bubby uh, lost, I think, one of our contests. And then he ended up having to move to Green Bay to accept a job up there. So it's kind of tough to get together when, uh, you know, he lives in Wisconsin and we're based out of Florida. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't fault him too much for that. I'm a little salty because I don't even remember what the punishment was. I think it was supposed to like go to like a dog park covered in peanut butter. No, that was, like that. Uh, that was one of the ideas that was, uh, that was being thrown around. We took it to IG Live and we got yeah, good responses. I know, I know. And I feel bad that we that we let down some of those folks there. Uh, but unfortunately, the, the logistics of it just didn't work. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got some new terms here and then we promise we will follow through on these because they're exciting. Uh, and they'll be fun to watch. That is for sure. I think what we're going to do is the idea is at least uh, to put this punishment up on our YouTube channel. Uh, watch out for that. Somewhat Sports uh, YouTube channel. Just look at Google or I guess YouTube search uh, <laughs> Somewhat Sports and it'll pop up. Uh, so what's, what's our punishment for, for if we lose this trivia round here? Uh, it's not really a punishment for anybody. But what we decided on is that the person who loses is going to have to we're going to find the hottest wings in Lakeland. Right. Whatever restaurant has them. And then we're going to go there and they have to eat, let's say, 10. I think that's fair. 10, 10 of 10. the hottest wings. Right. Oh, no man. milk. <laughs> no milk. Just uh, you get you get. I'm a bringing beer. my own bottle of yeah. You can get a beer. <laughs> that's it. That's as good as you can do. I suppose. So, you know. I'm I'm excited about this. First off, I, I kind of like spicy food. I'm not I'm not I'm not an insane person I mean, with it. Yeah, so I'm if we're same. going for the hottest wings of whatever place it is, it's definitely going to be a I'm notch scared. or two above what Listen, I what we, I'd like. We know Miami is tanking, but you don't need to take this just because you like. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I promise. So, but I'm I'm excited, man. Uh, there's a couple of different wing joints here. Uh, most of them local that we can we can find some really really spicy spicy wings, and we'll be sure to upload this punishment on YouTube. Um, Whenever it happens. Yep. So there's 15 questions total. So each person is going to get seven of their own questions. And then we're going to have um, a tiebreaker just in case. One tiebreaker. And then I got a backup tiebreaker just in case. Oh, boy. Wow. Just in case. Just <laughs> in case. Right, right, right. Yeah. So 
to start, you guys got to basically pick your team. <coughs> so easiest thing that we thought was just rock, paper, scissors to see who gets team one. Okay. And then we'll begin. All righty. Ready? So I guess we're going to just do odd and even then. One, three, five. Team one gets one, three, five, seven, all the way up to... No, no. Team one team. has their own assigned uh, oh, questions. already assigned. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yep. All, all righty. Right. Ready? Yep. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh. I win. Ooh. Make sure you don't want team two. Uh, I'm positive, actually. <laughs> Plot twist. Team always two is the easier one. Always go with the rock. Always go with the rock. <laughs> all right. So Alberto Alberto has team one. John has team two. Okay. All right. I'm ready. So I'm just going to alternate. I'm going to go back and forth team one, team two. Okay. Let's do it. It's a tough one here. Team one. Who is the NBA logo? I was trying to think of something funny to say. Like, oh, it's so hard. It's not. It's Jerry West. <laughs> Boom. We need sound effects. <laughs> Hold on. Should Boom. I pull up the sound Boom. effects? Boom. I'm ready. Boom. Hold on. No. I got this. I got this. I'm keeping score, but we need some encouragement to, to keep winning. All right. I've got the game show sounds ready to go. So here we go for the uh, for the winner. All right. Then we got the loser. All right. So I think we're ready now for, yeah. for question number one for, game, for I guess team number two. Here we go. All right. Team two, who is the only person to ever play in the NFL and MLB game on the same day? Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say Deion Sanders. Mm, correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was looking over at the radio, the, the soundboard. I thought, like, what are you looking at? Are you looking at the computer I screen? Was, you I was getting it? ready. No, no, no. <laughs> I was getting ready to play Googling. That, that cor- yeah, right? No, no. I was, pl- I was waiting on pressing that correct button. I was confident in that. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. Not the same day. I didn't know that. Yeah, he Ooh, played for the, for the Falcons won. One, uh, one game, and then who did he play for after that? Was it the Braves? I can't remember what. Uh, no, it wasn't. The, if it was in Atlanta, that'd make it easier for him. No, but they, he had to, like, get on a plane and, like, travel somewhere else. He actually didn't play in the MLB game, but he suited up for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice history lesson for yeah, you. I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. That's an easy one. I'm scared. <laughs> Good thing you're team one. <laughs> team one. Name the last four Super Bowl MVPs. Ooh. Oh, you got to get them all. Okay. All, all right. right. So correct. last year was Julian Edelman. Am I already wrong? You no, just got to go. Because if you get the <laughs> you I get think I'm already wrong. You just got to go. <laughs> Damn, I am wrong because Julian Edelman was the Eagles Super Bowl. Um, Listen, okay, let me just say this. In no order, just name the last four. Oh, cool. All right, so Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, um, Car- no, Nick Foles? So that's three. You got one more. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Give you a hint. The last one is. No, I, I know who the last one is. Oh, okay. Um, it was Von Miller. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God, that was terrible. Scared us that was quick. terrible. <laughs> I knew that because I knew it was the Broncos, but I knew Peyton didn't win it because Peyton was trash that year. Right, exactly. Yeah. They won despite. <laughs> Peyton well, if, you, right. if you had made it in order, I would have lost. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we didn't, might need a, an official review after that one. That was, there were some, some terms added to that in the middle of the question. but Okay, so right now, Alberto is up 2-1. John, right. a.k.a. Team 2, name the three NBA teams with no mascot. The three NBA teams with no mascot. Well, there's four, but you only have to name three. Okay, three out of four NBA, uh, NBA teams with no mascot. Correct. Okay. Not correct, but. <laughs> I think they did. No? <laughs> Did I get credit for that? No, no. I don't think so. 
Um, all right, I'm going to write them down on this sheet of paper so I can... That's the best way to do it. Put my, put my thoughts from pen to paper <laughs> so I don't say it out loud and get marked wrong. I mean, you can, you can think out loud and then just say final answer when you get your three. Nah, I'll just do it this way. I want to hear what you're I th- thinking. I, th- I think it's cat- going through that mind right now. Well, think- I'm trying to like think of like what like the logos are and how easy it is for I, some I of gonna- these logos to be like made into into actual uh, mascots and and actual mascots. Because like I I'm trying to think. Because honestly, at the top of my head, I don't know. I'm trying to take yeah, my I best mean, educated well, guess. The best, was- the best way to think about it is when people ask the question, "What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like a casual fan, like not a Heat fan, would would think of the Heat and say they don't have a mascot. I can never Heat right. mascot, but they just yeah. but they do. They got Bernie, exactly. The goat. <laughs> what is he actually? He's not a goat. He's yeah. just like a he's white. Just a just weird, a weird thing. thing of white fur. Yeah. Well, it depends on the on the, at the playoffs. He's white. Other other times he's orange with a green nose. But that's I'm not gonna get into the Bernie mascot. Anyway, so I'm thinking seventy <laughs> sixers might be one because they're just like a Liberty Bell, and I'm trying to think like. I mean, is there just a giant bell running around? I mean, Philadelphia around, so? is good with having just random mascots for their team. So that's maybe true, do. too. Yeah. The Fanatic. That's yeah. not a Philly. That's a... <laughs> 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 that is. Um, and I'm thinking the Celtics, too, because I haven't seen a little leprechaun running around anywhere. Hmm. I, I don't know. I've never actually paid, paid attention to NBA mascots. <laughs> Me neither, honestly. Can't make eye contact with <laughs> um, Hmm. Team two got it rough out here, man. I know. You're telling me, man. This is rough for me. <clears throat> um, so I can't steal this, right? So I can look it up. So I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess the 76ers. Is that one of them? Okay. Everybody gets one hint in this game. How about that? <laughs> All right, that's fine. <laughs> but if you want to use it in your easy round, <laughs> yeah, that might be a little hard. We're, we're gonna have a tough time later. Yeah. On. All right. So let me just do this, and I'll just try, I'll just do my best. I'm gonna guess 76ers. I'm gonna guess Celtics, and man, between the Spurs and the Warriors, but I'm gonna guess the Spurs. Is that your final That's answer? My final answer, yeah. <laughs> you didn't get any one of them. No, <laughs> man, I, I have know no for idea. A fact, I know for a fact the Spurs have a mascot. I thought they did too. Yeah, he's, like like a, a, he's like a coyote or something. Oh it's man! Like, yeah. So we got. So the answer was the Brooklyn Nets. I thought, I thought, uh, I thought the Golden yeah. State Warriors. Oh really? Yeah. So the Warriors were one. L.A. Yeah. Lakers uh, and yeah. New York Knicks. Mm. Oh well, those are two, three, four pretty big teams. I feel like we. Yeah, yeah. I just like if you overthink it, if you overthink it, yeah. I was trying to think like, oh, oh you know, man. the 76ers, they just got like a bell. Like, do? <laughs> Tried out a <laughs> ding ling 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 So, all right, I'm going to play my loser game show sound now. Hold on. <laughs> That's, I did that to myself. But listen, there's plenty more game to be played. <laughs> That's what they say. That's all why right. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tank this one. <laughs> 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 I'm not a mascot guy. All right. We're on to the medium questions oh, now. Geez, oh, geez. Team one. Which basketball center never fouled out of a game? Mm, this is a tough one. Um, so I have to think of really disciplined centers, really good defensive centers. <laughs> who is he? Does he is he active or is the one all time? Is this your one hint sure. for the game? Yeah, for the game. <laughs> <laughs> the he, question. He is no longer active. Oh jeez. Um, I'm just gonna throw a shot in the dark. I've, this might be a very stupid answer. Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm. Wrong. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a really good defensive center. Maybe he was very disciplined too. Wilt Chamberlain has oh, never really? fouled out of a game. Really? That's huh. probably why he had so many points. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> why. <laughs> All the minutes. 
Wow. I would have never actually thought about that. Uh, well, that and having a 48-inch vertical and being seven feet tall probably helped. And also being like a foot taller than everybody yeah, else, basically. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That too. All right. I'm nervous, man. All right, John. Here's your chance to come back. All Team right. two. What is the only city where all major sports teams, being MLB, NHL, and NFL, have the same colors? Pittsburgh. That's an easy one, Ooh. man. That's an easy one. <laughs> I thought I he needed that one. <laughs> man, that should have been an e- okay. All right, <laughs> it's one for each team. <laughs> all right, two two. Okay, where are we at? But you know what's interesting is just like aside from that question is that um, Pitt College they're actually not black and yellow; they're blue and yellow right. for whatever reason. That's why they weren't included in the Wiz Khalifa song. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Team one, name six of the f- professional sports teams that don't end with the letter S. In uh, every sport? Professional teams in any sport? You just need to name six. Oh, name six of them? Okay, so the Heat, the, ma- the major the heat four, the right? The major four. Like ba- baseball, basketball, hockey, football. Yeah. Okay, so Heat, Magic, Lightning, the Minnesota Wild in the ho- in hockey, um, the Thunder, that's five. Mm, gotta get six to win. I know. It. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see the fumes burning from here. <laughs> I think as I've played this game before, and years like ago, I don't remember the, the sixth answer. Ladies and gentlemen, he has five right now. <laughs> he said Miami Heat, Minnesota Wild, Oklahoma City Thunder, Orlando Magic, Tampa Bay Lightning. There is one more team. I bet somebody listening is like. It's very obviously this. Like they just like they. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's um, pretty obvious. Is it really? Okay. Uh. Yeah, just think of all the obvious teams. <laughs> um, is there a time limit? Yeah, yeah. For this? I was, I was kidding. Nah, come on, man. Like you cut out the t- you said you're gonna cut out the dead time. It might take a while. It's not fair. It's not fair. Um, Southeastern Fire. <laughs> no, that's yeah. not a thing. Fifteen seconds left. The so Jazz. Nice. The Jazz. Whoa! <laughs> he comes. Buzzer in beater. Clutch. Buzzer beater. <laughs> not wow. bad. Yeah. That was good. I knew it was an NBA. We're just team. going through all the teams. Like, oh, I, knew, right, I, knew, I knew. You know what it was? Because I've done this. I played this game online, and I had like a map. You have to pick the city where they're mm. in. I knew it was somewhere in the middle of the country. Like right. Utah is in the middle of the country, but like you know, it's not close to the, the sea. I knew that. Mm. I was thinking, where is who is in the middle of the country? I was thinking like Idaho, but nobody, there's no players and there's no teams in Idaho. The Boise Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Team one has three. Team two has two. Team two. I'm ready. Who was the first NFL player to rush for 2,000 yards in a season? Ooh, is it CJ2K? Chris Johnson? Is that your final answer? Mm, man, I don't know. He's got the name CJ2K. They didn't say Emmett Smith 2000. <laughs> but he was pretty good. Then you got Barry the Sanders, too. There's first. been a lot of really good running backs. The first. The first one to do it. Mm. Man, I just really want to say CJ2K is the answer. Chris Johnson for the Titans, man. You just want to keep saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to lock it in. It's my final answer. Is that your final answer? I think so, yeah. That is absolutely incorrect. <laughs> what? <laughs> O.J. Simpson. Did he oh, do wow. 2,000 yards? I would have got, got it wrong, too. I would have said Eric Dickerson. Oh, Because I know Eric Dickerson has a record, so I thought maybe he was just the first to hit 2,000. Is that all-purpose oh, or just man. rushing? 
Rushing. Just rushing. Hmm. All oh, right. Well. All right. Well, the juice. He was loose at one point, <laughs> and then and then they locked him up. And now he's loose again. Just keeps breaking tackles. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, team one. What Miami Heat player retired two days after Obama took office and is now Obama's golfing buddy? I'm not answering, but <laughs> Jesus. Um. I mean, if you can't get it, just say Dwayne Wade. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. My for, my initial thought was morning, but he retired in 06. He retired, not yeah, yeah. I, I get it now. I'm tank. I'm what? I pass. You're knocking. <laughs> what is that? Dominoes? You can't just knock. What's your answer? What's your final do, answer? Do I have to answer? Yeah. Oh man. Um, I know it's wrong, but Alonzo Morning. <laughs> ding ding ding! He is correct. What? No, no, no way. Really? Alonzo Morning. I thought he retired right after 06. <laughs> I'm getting very lucky. Wow. Apparently. Okay. All right. Well, you learn something new every day. I didn't know. He, I didn't know he golfed with Obama either. I had no idea. <laughs> Team one is up four two. <laughs> I think this is the last medium question. Medium questions. All right. Team two. <clears throat> Come on. Which NFL team hired the first professional cheerleading squad in 1972? Gotta say the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, how'd you know that? How did I know that? Because there's always been like a whole thing about the Dallas yeah, Cowboys. The, the most famous cheerleading yeah. squad. Yeah, so I figured they were to be the first one. Yeah, I would have figured, <laughs> figured the same thing. It's yeah. an educated guy. So that was really it. That's probably why they got so famous because they were the first ones. Makes sense. All right. We, 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 and they're still wearing the same outfits. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The game is closer now. So we're going back to team one. These are the hard questions now. Oh, boy. All right. Team one. Which NFL team is actually publicly owned? The Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Why are you giving me all these? That was a hard question. What happened? <laughs> he answered that faster than he answered the one with his own favorite team. <laughs> hard to you, not hard to me. <laughs> okay. I wasn't ready for that. All right. Team two. It's not going to be that easy. Name the three players who have appeared in every NBA Finals from... 1998 to 2014. From 1998 to 2014? Yeah. So collectively, these three have been in every single NBA Finals. All right. If it's 98 to 2014, I'm going to say... Have you used your hint yet? No, but I think I know this one. Okay. I'm going to say it's Kobe, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James. Is that your final answer? Well, you said 98 to 14, right? I don't know. I don't think Kobe was that successful in 98. Maybe... And now you're making me second guess myself with that, the way you answered that. Oh, man. 98 to 2014. I know that it has to include, it has to include Dwayne Wade. Unless it's Dirk Nowitzki. That's the only other person that I could think of because he was the only one that was in those other two finals. Because you're thinking, I'm thinking 06 and the 2011 finals. But that one also had LeBron James in it, the 2011 finals. But the 20, These players have multiple championships. That's what I figured. Yeah. So if I had to guess, hmm. And they just had, not, not that they won it, but they had to, you know, they were just in it, right? They just appeared. Yeah. 98 to 2014. Maybe Shaq's in there. Shaq was part of that uh, that Lakers squad, and he was on the 2006 squad. I think I'm going to go with my first guess and just say Kobe, LeBron, and Dwayne Wade. 
<laughs> you sure? It doesn't sound like I should be. <laughs> you uh, listen. You're gonna need your hint for the for the last one. So all right. So I shouldn't use a hint for this one. Is what you're yeah, well, I'm gonna put that timer on. Put 15 seconds up there. Tim Duncan, LeBron, please say, and Dwayne Wade. Please, please say final answer and then name the three. All right, final answer. Tim Duncan, LeBron, no. <laughs> I don't know any LeBron knows. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to say Kobe, Tim Duncan, and Dwayne Wade. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing. <laughs> I had to think about it. I had to think about it because I'm like, no, because I'm trying to remember. Because wow, the Spurs man. came you, out of the West a couple times. You never got there until you the last answer yeah. you actually yeah. had it right. Yeah. Man. As, soon, as soon as he said that question, I was like, I know it's I know it was Duncan. Actually, I would have guessed Duncan, um, Kobe, and LeBron, but I realized 06 I would have had it wrong. Yeah. But, that's what I was like. Because I knew Dwayne Wade was in there. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out, like, all right, who wasn't there? Damn, that's crazy. I yeah. didn't know that myself. So. I will say this. I will say this. Do you mean the 19, you mean from the 1998 finals to the 2014 finals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's actually misleading because 98 was Bulls Jazz. So Duncan wasn't on that team. No, who? So it would have been 99 to 2014 because the, the Spurs won in 99. They beat the Knicks. Oh, uh, well. Also, I'm just saying, like, if hey. he got it right anyways, but. So if I would have gotten it wrong, it would have been my fault. Wouldn't have been my fault. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and hit that a couple times. <laughs> that's All right. right. So it's 5 4. Team one is up. <clears throat> Team one, this is your last hard question. Which former NBA player was infamously selected right before Michael Jordan in the draft? Hakeem Olajuwon and Sam Bowie. I guess infam- infamously would be Sam Bowie because he's the only one who didn't turn out right. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. He's correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well. Can can the last one be worth two points? <laughs> yeah, the, t- the tiebreaker can. Yeah, we'll, we'll use one of those for like the the bonus questions. Okay, you have a hint left, so if you don't know this, all right, I might have to use it. All right, a golden sombrero is a derogatory term for when a baseball player does what? The golden sombrero. I'm guessing you want your hint. I'll tell you what, give me the hint just so I can make sure, because I heard that term before. I've, I've never heard of it. Go ahead and give me the hint. Mm. It's when they do something four four times in a game. Strike out four times in a game. Bingo. <laughs> Let's the, go! For those hints. Man, I actually, I just, actually that's, I, that's what I was going to say, was, was that they strike out. I just wasn't sure if it was three or if it was four times. I've never heard that in it's, my life. Yeah. I've played baseball for a long time. I think it's supposed <laughs> to be like a riff off of like the hat trick where you score three goals in a game, but uh, like it's... Yeah. Okay, sure. But yeah. it's the golden sombrero. Yeah. There I've heard go. it literally one time at a baseball <laughs> game. <laughs> Where someone's like, hey, this guy's got a golden sombrero. <laughs> and I was like, what's that? <laughs> okay. Oh, man. So here's the deal. We have the score is 6-5, and we have two more questions that can be like tiebreakers. What do we want to do with these points? Well, how about this? How about you give me this next question yeah. to see if I can tie it? And, if, and he can, if I can't tie it, then he just wins automatically. But if he can tie it, then I have to answer the last one to unbreak the tie. That makes sense to break to me. the tie. Yeah. yeah. So if you get it wrong, John, I, I just, it's over, and then I have to eat this really spicy wings. Mm. Interesting. On camera for the <laughs> world to see. I'm my, so surprised that I got suffering. <laughs> and if you get it right, what happens? Then we move on to the the next the the next one where Alberto here has to get it right to unbreak the tie. And clinch the win, 
Or what if he gets the second one wrong? For how, the, how about this? All right. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> what if we do this where we rock? Pa- so you ask the question and then we rock, paper, scissors, and then whoever decides can either play or pass. And if they play it and they know the answer, then they get the point. If they pass it and that person gets it incorrect, then that person who passed it wins. Okay. I'm cool with that. Ready? So I'm ready for the for your question. Let's All do right. it. Oh, we so have you, to. Okay, do you want the question, the question first? first? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, no, I, I need to. I need to break this. I have to get the tie first. So you have to ask me the first question first. Mm. And then if I do tie it, then we move on to the uh, the second question. Gotcha. And then the rock paper scissors match. Okay. Okay. All right. How many pitches does the average MLB baseball last? How many pitches does the average Major League Baseball last? You have a range. So if you say one of the numbers within that range. Okay. How many pitches does it, on average? Man. All right. So I'm going to say a range out loud, and then I'm going to pick a number within that range. <laughs> so you're just spitballing right now. <laughs> well, no, not necessarily, because I, I, I want to work out this problem on the in my mind on the on the mic. Well, do you want to read my face after you say that? No, no, no. It's not, it's not that at all. I won't even I won't even look at you. I'm just saying because I want to I want to say out my my logic. Just and think reasoning. out loud. You want to think yeah, out loud? Yeah, exactly. And not and so but the thing is, I have to answer the one number that's within the range that you have. Right, so if I say one range mm-hmm. and that range is wrong, but I have to, but I say a number that's within the range you're talking there's about. Th- there's three numbers. Right, that's what I'm saying. In that range, you can say any one of them. Okay, that's right. what I'm talking about. All right, so my my immediate thought process is like somewhere in the three to five range, because you figure if a ball has been fouled off, it's gone, it's over mm-hmm. and done with. You know, sometimes the pitcher just decides he doesn't like that ball anymore and they roll it to the dugout. Exactly, that too. There's also, you know, but you have to think about, all right, well, if he throws like three, you know, or four balls in a row, then yeah, it's over and done with, you know, if he throws, because the maximum amount of pitches that you can throw, I mean, if you foul it out, that's, it's over and done with, but like without fouling would be five. Mm -hmm. That's my thought process. So it has to be, in in my opinion, less than five. So I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess three. Is that your final answer? I think so. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> now you're making me rethink it. <laughs> I'm nervous now. Oh, man. I mean, if it's your final answer, say it. That's my final answer. Oh, man. That is not correct. What? Damn. <laughs> I thought you were playing it off like that is not incorrect. <laughs> I'm also too. What is it? It's five to seven. Really? Five That's longer seven. than I thought, too. That's much longer than I thought, too. Yeah, because I, I figured three. at least, like, if he fouls it off, I mean, you foul off probably at least, you know, one pitch every at-bat. Yeah. And there's not really more than, you know... Five pitches, six pitches in an at-bat. Yeah. And if, there, and if there are more than that, then everything's being fouled off after that, so... I want to see where you got this statistic from. Is, are you talking <laughs> Major League Baseball? Are you yeah. sure we're not talking Little League? I would, yeah, I would have guessed three, too, so I was right there with you. Yeah. I mean, you have five in your mouth a couple of times. Well, because I figured the maximum that. would be five. <laughs> what's, the, what's the extra question? I just want to know. I know I went already. Uh, which two NFL teams once combined due to many of their players serving in World War World War II? Oh, it's the Eagles and the Steelers. It's the Steagles. I See, why don't you that. give me that? <laughs> <laughs> that See, was a I, good one. I would have I would have blanked out completely. 
I know that happened, but I didn't know what teams they were. It was the Stagels. Yep, did not, n- did not know that. See, that's another thing. Like, the question about the pra- uh, public ownership of the NFL team, I knew that because I heard once in, like, a story or in a podcast that, like, the you know the team is owned by the fans. I heard about that yeah. by the Packers. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Mm. This I mean, is it was, some... It was a close game, man. <laughs> Why did I get that question first, man? Because <laughs> that would have been a dumb question to end on. No, it wouldn't have. It would have been great because I would have answered it right. <laughs> and then I would have gotten a sudden death. Yeah, and I would have been... got the next one wrong. So, yeah, he might have won. <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked you to give you the easiest of the two. Listen. To be fair, I would have thought the, the Steagles question was harder, too. Because that, that was completely obscure to me. I was like, nah. I would have. I, was... I don't know how you knew that. Because <laughs> I'm a football nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the questions were evenly matched. Yeah, it, there were there were two. We each had a hard question, and we both answered like that. So, you know, depends on like just how much of a nerd we are, basically. I guess so. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I'm eating some hot wings. Then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I don't have to, boy. <laughs> I would I would have struggled. I would have got through like two or three. Jeez. All right. Well, we've we've done, gone through thirty minutes of this podcast already. <laughs> doing this before editing, though, right? You could probably thing. cut down to like twenty five, maybe. <laughs> Nah, man, it's probably like 27. <laughs> There's only so much editing I can do. <laughs> Work some magic. Oh, boy. Anyways, uh, so I guess the first order of business is we have to talk some NFL. Uh, you know, I'd like to get into the NBA China stuff with the, with LeBron and all that. That was that was the <laughs> idea um, going into this podcast. But we've got some breaking news right? as, like, as we're recording this podcast. Apparently... According to Adam Schefter, the Jacksonville Jaguars are trading Jalen Ramsey to the Los Angeles Rams for a 2020 and 2021 first round pick and a 2021 fourth round pick. Now, this comes you know on the heels of the Rams sending Marcus Peters over to the Ravens for linebacker Kenny Young and a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. So at first, obviously the Marcus Peters move came in first, and you're thinking like, what are the Rams doing? Like, exactly. That's they what just I was put thinking. a keep to leave on injured reserve. Yeah. Like, who's gonna play corner, man? Yeah, that's what we were thinking in the in the pre-production meeting. Yeah. I was saying, what are they gonna do now? Uh-huh. You said to leave's injured. You kind of like ran through with a couple like different cornerback coverages for me, like seeing yeah. explain to me why Marcus Peters is sometimes an expendable cornerback because right. he gambles too much and yeah. So and then now, yeah. we, 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 we talked about it a little bit, but now it makes a lot more sense why they were, you know, why, because Marcus Peters, he gets burned from time to time, you right. know, and I was like, like you mentioned, we were talking about it in our pre-production meeting that Marcus Peters loves to gamble. He's one of those cornerbacks who just, he's just a walking big play, whether it's for your defense or it could be for the offense. I mean, <laughs> you know, we saw him get burned by, by Mike Evans quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and in the same game had a pick six. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's one of those guys where... Anything can happen, but he's talented. That's the thing. He gambles because he's he's good at what he does. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it bites him in the butt, but sometimes you know, like you said, pick six. So interesting to see. And the Rams apparently were looking at Kenny Young. They liked him a lot. Uh, so that way they got to move some stuff around. And I think that that's kind of a win-win for all three teams, to be honest, because the Ravens needed a lot of help on the back end of that defense. Mm-hmm. Because their run, their running uh, defense is is stellar, is stellar. Their defensive line is stout when all their guys are healthy. But even with the addition of Earl Thomas, that team has not been as good on the back end as you know they have been in years previous. So they win because they get you know a solid, talented corner in Marcus Peters. 
the Rams get Jalen Ramsey, arguably the best corner in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Probably going to pay him quite a bit of money, I would assume. And then he'll be happy, and then he'll actually play consistently exactly. and well. And he's yeah. playing in a, on you know on a team that you know obviously hasn't been that great this year, but has you know they I mean geez, it just made a Super Bowl last year. So that team has the framework for the most part to be a solid team. And the Jacksonville Jaguars get two first round picks and a fourth in 2020 mm-hmm. or 2021, excuse me. So it's a win-win-win, honestly, which you don't really get to see, you know, too often in in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, for the time being, it's a win-win-win. We'll right. see. How, I mean, we'll see how the picks shake out. Exactly. And we'll, we'll see, see how Marcus Peters ends up in in Jim Harbaugh's uh, or John Harbaugh's uh, defense. Yeah. So we'll see. And then you know, Sean McVay. I don't know what's going on with that offense, man. I'd love to 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 do a deep dive into it. I mean, is it really as simple as just Todd Gurley not being there just makes uh, the team worse? I'd, I'd like to think that it had more to do with the fact that the 49ers defense is one of the best in the league. I will say they are really because you know yeah. the Rams. You know, obviously, just the week before, or yeah, the week before, put up 40 points against you know. the Seahawks, which they're yeah. you know. I mean, the Browns put up a lot of points against Seahawks. Yeah, there. but still. And then yeah. the week before, the week, the week before, even though it did come in a loss, they yeah. put up 40 points against the Bucks. And, you know, True. and the offense is potent. We know that from last year as well. They have pieces. Yeah. You it's, know, it's and they have, to be potent, they have a good yeah. scheme. Yeah. But Jared Goff sometimes, man, he looks rough out there. Yeah. But if he doesn't have like a yeah. clean pocket to throw out of, he looks terrible. Yeah. But it's, cre- that, it's credit to the 49ers, though. Yeah, yeah of still course. Still undefeated. Of uh, course. Allowed the second fewest points in the league behind sure. the Patriots. Yeah, they've invested a lot into their defense. They they have D Ford out there now. You know, they've got Quan Alexander who looks really good now in that front seven. Um, Richard Sherman's out there and you know, he's still doing Nick Bosa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, yeah, who they who they drafted, of course. You know, that, that defensive line is scary. And it's paying dividends now. And you know, and you thought, okay, they they played some, you know, not super great competition the first few weeks of the season. This was kind of their first like really big test where you've seen, you know, really good offensive output out of this mm-hmm. team. And they looked I mean you, you would bench a, a, a JV quarterback if he played like Jared Goff did. He played terrible. Uh, you know, the, I mean, we'll see. I'm interested to see what this Rams team looks like later on in the season. Yeah. Because right now, you know, Todd Gurley is ne- nursing his quad issue. You know, he has apparently like a quad contusion right above his, his knee, his arthritic knee. Yeah, I was going to say that arthritis is always, it's, now it's like chronic and you yeah. can't get rid of that. So. Right. But he had arthritis coming into the league, and he was amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, true. I, you know, I don't know how much stock to put into that. But I will say he hasn't looked as explosive this season. He has, like, certain flashes here and there, but it's not as consistent as it has been uh, in years past. So I'm interested to see what happens. Jared Goff just needs to play better, in my opinion. He's overthrowing receivers a lot, and he's, you know, just not accurate with the football. He's panicking a lot in the pocket. Um so I'm interested to see how that team shapes up. You know, now that they've got some players on the defense, hopefully, I don't know how long Aqib Tlaib is going to be out. I don't know he's on injury reserve. They just put him on for, for you know, I think it was this past weekend. Um, they put him on at the beginning of this week. So if it's, I mean, obviously it's going to be at least eight weeks. Who knows if he returns later in the season or what's going to happen. But interested to see what's going on there. But I also want to talk about that Monday night football game, that atrocity <laughs> that I saw at the end of that game. Now, if you don't know, the Green Bay Packers beat the Detroit Lions on Monday night uh, by a score of 23 to 22. And if you looked at the box score, you maybe saw a couple highlights. You're like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's in Lambeau, plays against the, the Lions. You know, it's money. But Detroit had that game won. They had it won. And the refs took it away from them. 
You know, and I'm not the kind of guy who says, oh, you know, it's always the ref's fault. It's always the ref's fault, this, that, and the other. But you did go on a rant about the refs last week. I did. <laughs> You're not wrong. But that's like an overarching... I'm talking about like in terms of like wins and losses and like directly affecting the outcome sure. of the game. This is the second time the refs have directly affected the outcome of a Packers-Lions game, if you remember a few years ago with the replacement refs. Oh, you don't have to tell me. I'm, I'm 100% aware. <laughs> Sounds like you had money on that game, John. No, I didn't. I'm glad I didn't, honestly, because I thought about putting... Uh, <laughs> You know, <laughs> getting some uh, getting some action in on that game, but I decided not to. And if you know, oh my goodness. Anyways, so if you don't know, before uh, the Lions, or sorry, excuse me, before the Packers scored that touchdown to get to twenty points, okay, there was a third third down play, third and long, and Trey Flowers apparently got called for a hands-to-the-face call. And upon review, the hands were nowhere near the face at all. Booger McFarland called it out on ESPN and said, like, hands are on the shoulder pads, man. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Love Booger. I do too. <laughs> and the Packers get their drive extended. Next play, touchdown. Lazard. Which also, if you look at the replay for that one, looked like he was down the one-yard line. They just kind of glossed over it, said, oh, it's impossible to tell. And I was like, hmm is it <laughs> anyways they move on it's 22 to 20 in favor of the lions lions go three and out packers get the ball back and oh by the way before before they go three and out they throw the ball to marvin jones who gets clearly interfered with going out for a pass had he had uh the corner's arm draped on his chest as he's running up for the, or as he's jumping up for the ball and no call yeah. next uh next series aaron Rodgers, another third down gets bailed out by another Trey Flowers hands to the face call drives extended Mason Crosby ends up kicking a chip shot field goal because they were going to let uh they were going to let Jamal uh Williams just run right into the end zone so they can get the ball back and try to go and and score but smartly he just sits down on the two yard line Mm -hmm. they let the time run out because Detroit doesn't have any timeouts Easy chip shot field goal. Mason Crosby hits those 10 times out of 10. And we'll look back in history and say, oh, the Packers just won that game. It was That was it. But man, I am annoyed. Because it was one thing with the pass interference calls, right? Where it's like judgment call, this, that, the other. But you can clearly, clearly tell that his hand was not on his face mask. It wasn't on his face. He's just strong and pushed his shoulder pads so high up that it was around the shoulder area, shoulder neck area, but it wasn't on his face. And I understand like when you look at subjectivity of certain things, like, oh, was was he able to come back to the ball? You know, was he able to do this, that, the other? Was it a catchable ball? All this stuff, right, that goes into pass interference. That's not the case here. It's just where his hands touching his face mask. And it wasn't. It's that simple. It's that simple. And it drives me up a wall because... I have no skin in the game. I I like Aaron Rodgers. I like the Packers. I don't mind the Lions. The Lions haven't won anything. I feel bad. They're lovable losers, honestly. <laughs> I have no skin in the game here. But it's just so frustrating when you look at how much money people invest into the NFL and how infrequently these referees get the call right in these situations. It's one thing to like let something go and let the guys play. And, some, and a call gets blown or whatever. I understand that more than calling something that wasn't there. Yeah. 
Because at that point, then you're directly interfering with what's going on in the field. Because it like obviously the the pass interference with the Rams and Saints game in the playoffs last season. That's probably the most egregious. It's egregious. Yeah. But again, there's an argument to be made for swallowing your whistle and letting the players play, right? It's not a good one. <laughs> I was gonna say because it was it argument. was mauled. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying like there's an argument for that like that line of thinking of swallowing the whistle at the end of a game, right? But inserting yourself into the game by saying, "Hey, this was a penalty," when it very clearly was not, just drives me bananas. And everyone's saying, oh, well, like, do we really want to review every single penalty and say, oh, do we slow the game down even further or make it boring? Because the the NFL does have an obligation to make these games entertaining. Mm -hmm. But at what point does it cease to be entertaining when referees can just interject themselves into the middle of a play and determine basically what is the outcome of the game? Like, obviously, they still had to kick the field goal and do all that. But the, the Lions at that point were more than willing to let the running back run into the end zone and get the ball back. You know, they were going to let them score. Yeah. So at this point, it's just, it drives me crazy. Like what, like what, what can the NFL do here? I mean, there's not much room to make improvements to the referees line of thinking. Like they've been doing this for years. They, they, they know how to do their job. The problem is that sometimes they make human error, which human error happens. And now the issue is the NFL trying to stamp that out by implementing maybe some more replay reviews. But the thing is, they're not even paying attention to the replay reviews. Like, Al Riveron's out there saying, like, yep, looks good to me, when it's clearly not, too. Yeah, maybe they have too much free reign to make uh, analytical decisions based on what they what they think is the right call. Maybe it needs to be more, like, cut and clear of, of what's a what's a penalty and what, what's a pass interference, rather than leave it up to them to be subjective and decide whether they think it is or not. I think maybe the pass interference thing might be... I mean, we're seeing it now that when pass interference goes through review when it wasn't called, mm-hmm. they won't throw the flag unless it's very clearly like egregious pass interference, like, right. like we were saying earlier. Like There have been plenty of times this season where a pass interference flag is not thrown, the coaches review it, or the coaches you know challenge it for pass interference, and you know there might have been a, a hand go across the chest as the ball was in, its, was in flight, but the refs aren't going to throw that flag after the fact because it's not crazy like clear pass interference 100 percent. yeah yeah i just i just don't know what to do at this point because we're, we're relying on you know five 60 year old men to <laughs> squint at a ball and say uh, i think that that's what happened and don't get me wrong there are certain times where like i'll see i'll be on you know watching tv and i'll be like wow i didn't know how the ref see that how the ref saw that but there are a lot of times now in pressure situations where the referee makes a call that directly impacts the outcome of a game, and it's been proven through video review that that was not the case. And like you said, it's 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 more acceptable to swallow your whistle and not call something that's mm-hmm. a foul than to call a foul that did not happen. Exactly. So you were watching the game. Would there be a huge outrage if he didn't call that? No. From the other end? No, because the thing is, like, even, like, first off... When you're watching on TV, it's very hard for you to see any of those like hands to the face calls unless it's like very, very blatant and you're like concentrated on watching, mm-hmm. you know, the defensive and offensive line interaction or whatever it is. The problem is like it, it if you look at it live, right? If you watch it like in full speed, like you can see like his hands are up near the helmet. But I think that what happens is these these referees are 
committed to the call that they make. And I understand like saying, oh, like my word is final. Like I can't go back on it or whatever. Um, but that to me, like that's just, that's just ego. Yeah. You know? And I understand like wanting to have your decision be respected by, you know, by both teams and by everyone watching whatever and have your judgment be, you know, the final say. But if it like, I think that there should be some room for a referee to say, okay, I'll take a look at this. And if I was very clearly wrong, I will switch it. Like to me, it shouldn't be a taboo thing, Mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like I find myself questioning like every time that there is a flag thrown and they they show the replay on the TV. I'm always looking like, did, did that actually happen? And sometimes I look at it, I'm like, oh, like you're right. It's absolutely, you know, defensive holding or whatever it is. Or it's very clearly hands to the face or chop block or whatever it is. But when it's something that's very like plainly obvious, like the hands weren't on his face, there is no subjectivity there. It wasn't there. <laughs> look at it, say, yo, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's my fault. Well, listen, I'll wave it off and we'll just go from there. Don't even put them in that position. Like we had this conversation last time about having like a, a, a higher, maybe a higher official who makes the final call. So that way mm-hmm. you don't have somebody who's in the back of their mind and thinking about what's going to happen if I turn, uh, turn this call over or I, right. I reverse my call. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about that and that's not playing a factor when they're making that decision. So you should have somebody like a senior official who is in a booth somewhere um, who can see everything and make that final decision no matter what was called on the field. Right. And everyone agrees that that's law and that's what is going to be the final decision if it comes down to it. Sure. And I mean, it's not, it's not uncommon for referees to huddle up after a call and say, okay, like I saw this, what did you see? Did you see anything that would contradict what I called on the field? Yeah. And, and those reversals haven't, Quite often, I'd right. say. At yeah, least they'll, once, once they'll a game. wave it off, you know, whatever it is. But like, the only like if it comes from another referee and says like, you know, hey, that's not the case. So, yeah. and it's only it's only one referee's job to watch the offensive line, to, right. to watch the line of scrimmage. I think that maybe another way we can come about this would be if there was some sort of like when so after a penalty is called, the referees will get together. You know, whoever whatever referee saw the you know offense. We'll talk to the head referee and he'll say, hey, this is what I saw, you know, number 23, you know, held, you know, on this play. And then the umpire will make their decision Mm -hmm. down in distance, whatever all that stuff is. Right. So during that time period, would it make sense to have some sort of like headset or something like that? Like where all of the stuff that they're being said, like that's being said in that conference goes to a head official that's in the booth and they can maybe go back and video review it while they're talking and if they can see something while they're making this review that say, Hey, like, actually, you know, hold on. I just, I just looked at it and it looks like that didn't happen, you know? And then they can make it maybe stall a little bit so they can just review it from different angles and then say, actually, no, like that didn't happen. And then they say like, we'll wave this off. Yeah. That's, that's my idea. I I would think they have something like that in place though. You don't think they're communicating with people? Not, uh, not from the, not not like in a box or a booth review. They're making Mm. all those calls directly live on the field. This is, this is essentially what we have in um, soccer now. And, you know, in the MLS too, but internationally, it's called VAR, Video right. Assistant Referee. And it's essentially that. Uh, the main referee on the field has a headset that they're listening to, this VAR referee who's in a room somewhere else watching the game as well. And that comes with its own issues to you. You know, wow, are you now are the VAR referees, are they inclined to stick with the original call to not undermine the main referee? Mm-hmm. That's an issue. Sometimes the, the rules are down to interpretation and not so cut and dry. 
in soccer, some other rules are very cut and dry, and they're not open for interpretation. Both right. instances infuriate fans. Right. It, it, it's always going to come with that sort of skepticism. Right, I'll, but, I'll, but in the case of like, okay, this is hands to the face. The hands were not on the face. <laughs> yeah. Very cut and dry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, then, like I understand if it's like okay, a holding call, but like you know, his arm was, his hand was kind of like clutched, like it was still on the shoulder pad, just kind of like you know, pulled away just a bit. But you know, you can still make the case for it not being a holding call. Like I can, I can see why they wouldn't want to like ticky tack that and say maybe, mm-hmm. oh, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, and review those every single time. Yeah. But that, when it comes to something like that's very clear, <laughs> or like you know, on a on a on a chop block where one offensive lineman goes high, the other one goes low, it's very obvious when like one guy is blocking up top and the other one goes for his knees. Like okay, like if they called it and it wasn't wrong because he fell and actually didn't block him at all, then wave it off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's certain rules that are you know that are in place that are like you said, very cut and dry. This needs to happen. If this happens, then you know it's a then it's a flag. And that's where VAR is very helpful in soccer because there was a match recently. I don't quite remember the teams. It doesn't. It's you know it, it escapes me at the moment. <clears throat> but there was a goal that was that was a scored where the line referee who was looking for the offsides called offsides right away. He called offsides and the goal was scored. The VAR referee then after the fact said, "Hey, wait, let me look over this again." And the player who scored, the player who who um played the pass to to the goal scorer was very clearly onside and by a few yards it w- it was almost it was a very very bad call by the original referee and in that case VAR was like no this is wrong overturn it goal is allowed and that's where VAR is a good thing the problem that comes sometimes is that sometimes VAR will interfere in very very close calls and when those don't go the way of you know either either fan base they're going to get mad about it they're going to start an uproar about it um right. and V and you know something like that like an and outstanding referee that you know is outside of the field of play watching everything from camera angles could be implemented in every sport but this the um you know the issue that comes with that is slowing down the game right and that's that's an issue in any sport like like the other day in um yankees astros game two there was a pitch that was in the dirt that a batter swung at gary sanchez swung at he did not tip it it was a two strikes should have been the third strike strike out but gary sanchez was like hey i tipped the i hit the tip the foul and the umpire was like, oh, yeah, you tipped a foul. Cool. Foul ball. Next pitch. The very next pitch, actually, I think the umpire must have realized he was wrong right away <laughs> because the very next pitch was like a foot outside the box, and he rung him up for strike three, and that's the end of the inning. Right. That, that's one thing in baseball that umpires have the ability to do is do what's called a makeup call, right. which shouldn't happen, but it, it, it's, again, it's human error. Right. And even though on the replay it was very clear that he missed the pitch by like a foot that with the bat, there was right. no foul tip. Um, referee was uh, The umpire was like, nope, I saw a foul tip. Nobody can tell me anything different until he saw the replay on the screen and the entire stadium reacted. They were all mad. And then he called a very clearly a ball, a strike. Like, Out of here. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, all right. I forgive you. Yeah. I mean, umpiring, refereeing, all that. Like it's, I understand like no one likes the guys who are enforcing the rules. You know, there's like an in any situation. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, really. Yeah. It's off the bottom, honestly. Um, but it's, it's another thing when like, there's clearly ego stuff at play, you know, like in baseball when, you know, certain, some of these umpires get like super like uptight and like that, you know, if you, if you try to argue balls and strikes, like you're gone, mm-hmm. you know, easy done. Yeah, like no yeah, fans or buts about it. That's like the number one thing you don't do is like, no, that's clearly outside if you're the batter. And then like I say, you're tossed. Like it's like, yeah. it's over, <laughs> you know? So that to me is like 100% ego. Because like if I if if you're on the offensive line and you're you you get accused of holding, you can tell the ref, I didn't hold that guy. Are you kidding me? But like you don't get ejected from the game. Mm-hmm. 
Like, you're fine. Like, it's just the ref says, yeah, okay, buddy. And then he just walks away from you, and that's it. Obviously, you know, if you get really, like, nasty and get up to a referee, you can't come in contact with a referee or anything like that. I would see, like, uh, you know, these managers, like, bumping chests with, like, umpires <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> and those guys, obviously, they get tossed, too. But sometimes I'll let them do their whole, their whole you know, charade. That, that's the fun that. part about baseball. It is. When somebody gets tossed and they just go on a complete just tear. Oh, those, some of my favorite <laughs> moments are in baseball are those kind of moments. But... Anyways. I will say that the, that's the one part is the ego that's infuriating. Yeah. The other part is that there are, like you said, there are resources in this league to implement something like right. that where you know, like a video assistant referee or mm-hmm. a video review person specifically just for that. That, you know, maybe it is that, maybe the NFL is looking into this and we just don't know and maybe the NFL referees have pushed back against it because ego. Yeah. And that's, that's a possibility too. I would not be surprised if that was the case because... Nobody in any line of work wants to be told, hey, you're going to have a supervisor who's going to make sure you're doing the right thing at all times, like even though you're confident you are. I get that. Yeah, the NFL doesn't have many chances to, to make up for it, though. They, you know, we play all of our games um, Sunday through, I guess, Sunday, Monday, Thursday. But you look at, like, MLB games and NBA games, you got plenty of games to make up for those mistakes that yeah. you made in the last couple of games. So yeah. Even Definitely. the NBA, you know, puts out those reports after a game where there was a questionable call. Those they'll put out the report after. We're like, yeah, that shouldn't have been called, or yeah. it should have been. It should have been called this way. But you can turn around tomorrow and have a great game as a ref the next day. So. <laughs> Just getting every call right, <laughs> batting one thousand. <Yeah. laughs> so I'd like to talk a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs because the Kansas City Chiefs look uh, look pretty mortal lately. Lost to the the Houston Texans last week. And they lost to the Colts the week before. And it seems like defenses have kind of figured them out a little bit. Um, now, I took a little dive into uh, some of the next-gen stats here. Because, uh, you know me, my statistics like me some statistics. And when you think about the Kansas City offense, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Either of you. Don't, don't all jump at one. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Okay, but like in terms of play style, like what do you think of? Oh, air raid. Like just deep shots down the field. Yeah. Right. So, last game against the Houston Texans, they went two for nine, or sorry, two for 10 on deep shots down the field. Or I guess intermediate to deep shots down the field. Okay. So, anything past, you know, basically, I would say 10 yards past the line of scrimmage, two for 10. That's not air raid at all Mm-mm. in contrast week one when they had Tyreek Hill fully healthy and Sammy Watkins is out there offense is clicking they went four for eight on shots on the field now they're it seems like they're playing much more close to the line of scrimmage and having their their playmakers do their thing but that to me I think explains why we haven't seen because their offense is very much predicated on being able to stretch the ball down the field to open up things for the run game. Because that's the thing when you when you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, what you're scared of is him being able to elude whatever pressure is, you know, coming at him from your defensive line blitzes, whatever, Mm -hmm. breaking contain and just making magic happen down the field with you know crazy deep shots, whatever. But he's not connecting on any of these shots and. Part of that you can blame on having to try out guys there like, you know, Mikko Hardman and, and Robinson and this guy who apparently his name is Pringle, you know, the whole, <laughs> the whole thing, right? Um, 
But it, it goes to show you how important Tyreek Hill is to this offense because that was their deep shot guy. Now, you, uh, obviously, he came back this past week and had a couple of touchdowns. Um, but in terms of like getting him like those streaks down the field, you know, at least three, four times a game, didn't really happen too much. And I think that's kind of where it comes from. That's why we see like the the rushing attack hasn't really been consistent. And it's it's a shame because I I I hope that having Tyreek Hill back helps this a lot. But one of the, my favorite things was watching, you know, the Rams and the Chiefs go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth last season mm-hmm. for that, you know, 100-point-plus uh, Monday Night Football game. That was insane, and it was probably the most fun I've had watching football in a while because it was amazing. Like, not to say that, you know, other games aren't fun throughout the season, but that game was just, like, nonstop, just fun, fun, I wish fun. it kept going. I know. <laughs> I know. Played, like, just played two whole games, yeah. Played 100. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have taken much longer, to be honest with you. Um but and then even watching you know, watching the Chiefs play the Patriots too, where the Patriots went toe for toe and kind of played their game and said like we can do that, you know, too. And that honestly, like, I don't like the Patriots because I'm a Dolphins fan, but that was just fun to watch. It was just fun right. football to watch. Yeah. And I I really hope that having Tyreek Hill back and healthy. Hopefully, Sammy Watkins comes back and he gets healthy soon too. I think he was like limited in practice uh, today as of Tuesday, uh, because you know Deshaun uh, not Deshaun Watson. Um, Patrick Mahomes has had a little bit of a, an ankle inju- uh, injury. I say in, uh, issue an injury. Inchu. In uh, <laughs> Inchu. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that if, if he were to get his playmakers back, it would take a little bit more pressure off of him. I think those guys would get open right away instead of having to have him you know, do crazy stuff outside of the pocket, which he can do, but maybe he'll have to do less of with this, with this kind of bum ankle that he's working with. Um, and it'll open things up for Travis Kelsey a lot more because that's the thing. Like when when you have Sammy Watkins, you have Tyreek Hill out there, it opens things a lot for Travis Kelsey. Like obviously, Travis Kelsey is one of their premier threats and it creates a lot of mismatches because he runs fantastic routes. Like he runs routes like a wide receiver does. His releases are fantastic, but he's also six foot six and like 270 pounds, mm-hmm. you know? And. It's incredible to watch. I love I love watching their offense, and it's just ha- it hasn't looked like itself the last few weeks. You know they're playing a lot of man coverage against these guys who really don't get great separation. They're fast, you know, like you know all these guys that they that they've brought on, like you know, like I said, Michael Hardman, Pringle, Robinson, all the guys. They're all fast, but they they don't get a ton of separation. So I'm interested in seeing you know how this team will look when it gets healthy. I'm hoping that it gets back to form, but it's been it's been interesting to see. So we'll see. I mean, I think that right now, I mean, if we're looking at power rankings in the in the NFC and AFC, do you guys have a have a top three for AFC that you can think of right now? I would say Patriots number one. Yeah, that was that's given. And then after that, it's like you thought the Chiefs, and hopefully the Chiefs can you know now that they're getting healthier, mm-hmm. you know they can kind of patch it together, you know, and and kind of get back into where. I mean, I would still consider them the favorite to be you know that number two seed coming out of the. Uh, the AFC, yeah. Um, and then after that, I, I would say feel we, about Baltimore. Baltimore's defense. I mean, now they they have Marcus Peters now, so it might help a lot, um, especially since they have a really solid run defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was, it, it remains to be seen whether or not he can make it that much of a difference. Yeah, I would. Uh, I wouldn't hesitate. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I would hesitate to give them this much credit, but the Bills have looked pretty good. The Bills' defense looks fantastic. Yeah, you know, and and credit to. You know what they've been, what they've been doing over there. Sean McDermott has done a really good job 
uh, with, you know, just balancing the rushing attack that they have and just kind of like, you know, offensively at least not. They take shots downfield because Josh Allen has a huge arm, you know, and that's kind of like what their thing is. They just kind of plod down the field. They have a guy in, in Cole Beasley too who's very good underneath. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of those guys that if it's third and five, you know, he can get those five yards for you on like a nice little, he, you know, he's a good route runner, sure-handed. Um, and then you have some of these guys like John Brown who, you know, can streak down the field and Josh Allen has the has the arm yeah, you know, strength to get it down there exactly yeah. you know and you, you they're getting Devin Singletary back now which is going to be really good for their for their run game because um, Frank Gore listen I love me some Frankie okay I do play for the will. University of Miami always yeah. um, you know and if you need three yards in a cloud of dust Frank Gore is your man there's no one I, I trust to get three if, yards more than Frank Gore if it's third and two he'll get you three yards if it's third and eight he'll get you three yards that's exactly right <laughs> that's exactly right that is Frank Gore in a nutshell. But I think that you'll start to see Devin Singletary get more of these, you know, more of these reps, not just in, in a pass, because he is a better pass catcher, I think, than Frank Gore. But I don't think he'll be limited to just third down reps. I think it'll just be kind of a, uh, you know, Singletary will be the, the lead back going forward. And then, you know, for like those tough, tough yardage situations, maybe like a goal line situation or, you know, if it's like third and one or fourth and one or whatever, you bring out, you know, Frank Gore, Frank the Tank, if you will. And do it that way, but yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily hate uh, to see uh, the Bills in that in that third AFC spot. I think that when you look at some of the old guard in the in the AFC, that a lot of them have fallen off. Obviously, the Steelers are you know trotting out that third string quarterback. Although they they took it to the uh, to the Chargers um, this past weekend. Yeah, but that's the Chargers. The Chargers are the Chargers. also pretty bad. <laughs> You're also right. You're also right. But again, the Chargers were in the mix last year, and you thought they were you know they would build upon what they had last year. But it seems like. Uh, you know, Mike Pouncey's gone now with a with a neck injury, and uh, there's I don't know. It's it's kind of wide open after yeah, that so spot. Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, right now the Bills. I mean, if you look at who else could it be? I mean, the Texans maybe. I was going to say te- you I can make a case for the top three might still be Patriots, Chiefs, Texans because yeah. the Bills are still kind of unproven. Right, and I mean the Texans just beat the Chiefs, you know, this past week. Right, and then looking at the NFC, the NFC I would consider to be a little more wide open because you know you look at the. The NFC representatives from last year, the Rams, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, haven't done that well. Who would you put at the top of the NFC right now? 49ers. 49ers. You're going to go 49ers right away? Okay. I would go Packers. Packers. Interesting. Even though they just almost lost to the, the Lions. Well, <laughs> Champions know how to win. There's your cliche I don't for know. the day. <laughs> <laughs> Referees know how to give them the game. Anyways. Um, I will I, say the Saints 5-1 and one is a bit misleading. I don't think they're... I don't I don't know. I, I thought can't. so at first. I thought so at first because Teddy Bridgewater was like basically not throwing down the field at all, mm-hmm. um, and they didn't really have the greatest output uh, offensively against the uh, the Jaguars. But that being said, Teddy Bridgewater has looked pretty good in spots. Obviously, like I said, their offensive output uh, against the the Jaguars weren't wasn't amazing. But Alvin Kamara kind of came into the game a little bit hobbled. Um, you saw a lot of Latavius Murray, and Latavius Murray actually had a long touchdown that was uh, that was called back. And I don't know. I I mean, I think that if Alvin Alvin Kamara is kind of the secret sauce for this team. I mean, Michael Thomas is fantastic. He's a great receiver. But I think Alvin Kamara is what makes this team a Super Bowl team, or at least a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. So the I I would think if I'm the Saints, I play it very safe with Alvin Kamara. And if he's not 100%, maybe give him a week of rest, try Latavius Murray out there. I know it's hard being without your star running back and without your, you know, Drew Brees, obviously, who's, you know, a future Hall of Famer first ballot. How, how long until he comes back? 
Uh, they're saying, yeah, maybe like another two weeks or so because he's uh. starting to be able to like grip the football and everything and throw with uh, with some velocity. Obviously, there's still a lot of rehabbing that needs to be done. I, I was going to say the same for the Panthers because if Kyle Allen can continue to win games and they can, you know, bring Cam back with time for him to right. be healthy, healthy Cam Newton is still a top five quarterback in this league. Mm. Nah, I'm going. For, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. I don't know. Healthy Cam Newton. Tell me, healthy Cam Newton cannot be a healthy top. Cam Newton provides a lot to your offense because he has a lot of versatility. Um, his accuracy, his accuracy is kind of wishy washy. He makes certain throws really well, like corner routes. That's like his thing. Yeah. He loves a good corner route. Um, but his his deep ball is leaves a little bit to be desired. He's he's hit him every once in a while, but a lot of times it's just more like arm strength and just dropping into a spot as opposed to. Uh, Trust me, I have been watching Cam Newton dice up the Bucks for years now. When he's and that's healthy, the Bucks are terrible. That, that, that's not the point. They, they've that's been not the point so here. bad defensively for the longest time. You can't say oh because they play good against the Bucks. That's they, not the must point. Be good. Everyone plays good against the Bucks. Man, okay, I'm I'm just saying. I think if the Panthers can ride Kyle Allen for a few more wins until Cam Newton gets back, right? If Cam Newton can come back healthy, which again. If, if, if we all right. know that Cam Newton has not had the best health bill, especially in the last few years since that MVP season. Yeah. But I think the idea for the Panthers of what they should do is play Kyle Allen until you get Cam Newton back at close to 100%, as close to 100% as you can get. Because maybe at this point he's had so many injuries that he's not going to be 100% Cam Newton anymore. Right. But that, the upside for that, the ceiling for them is quite high because they're already 4-2. Okay. Kyle Allen has not lost yet. And Cam Newton can come back and... Really, make a push to the playoffs for them and make them actually make some noise. You know, I think I think okay. So if we're if we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna rank, uh, plus the top I haven't three. even mentioned Christian McCaffrey, of right. course. I mean, you know, duh, like yeah, and their defense <laughs> has really looked really good actually. Yeah. But I don't know. Okay, so if we're if we're ranking the top three in the NFC, who are you going first? Because I don't think Green Bay. If we're gonna come to a consensus here, I don't think I can include Green Bay at least until Devontae Adams comes back and is healthy. Mm-hmm. Because turf toe sometimes lingers, you don't know if he, you know, I mean, who knows? He might be limited for the rest of the season. We know that the offense hasn't been able to really put up, you know, that great of numbers. I mean, they had, they look really good against the Cowboys, but we've seen the Cowboys kind of imploding. Sam Darnold, you know, went ape, you know, I would say ape something on it, <laughs> but uh, Sam Darnold looked really good. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put it that way. I think number one, if if just going by record, 49ers, although they haven't been tested quite as, you know, the Rams game was their first test of the season, I'd say, and. Right. We'll see if they can continue this. They're not going to win 16 to no. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has looked that good. I think that I would like for him to look a little better, and I'd like for them to get some better receivers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they've been they've been accomplishing quite a bit on the back of that defense with not so great talent at receiver. But we've seen we've seen we've seen teams ride a good defense and and a a, a slightly above average quarterback. Yeah, but I would like to see them make a move to shore up that that wide receiver room a little bit more. Maybe like a really good de facto like number one wide receiver. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Um, but I, I guess I don't really have the numbers to prove you either way, so I guess we'll put 49ers <laughs> at number one. Uh, I would be comfortable with, with Saints at number two because they really haven't missed a beat without Drew Brees, and they're going to get their Hall of Fame quarterback back in two weeks. And I think one of the big reasons they kind of fell off last year a little bit is because Drew Brees threw the ball quite a bit during the beginning of the season, and I, I think his arm kind of uh, started yeah, worn out. Know, yeah, getting a little worn out as the season went on. He's not a spring chicken, as it were. <laughs> You know, and you see that sometimes with older quarterbacks. I mean, you saw it happen with Tom Brady uh, a couple times in, you know, in his playoff runs the last couple of years where he hasn't really had to, like, throw the ball deep down the field. And when he does, it doesn't look that good. Um, but they've been attacking underneath, and, I mean, obviously they found success with it. Um, but, and Phillip Rivers, too. I mean, Phillip Rivers couldn't get anything going when the uh, when the Patriots played against the, the Chargers. And his arm just kind of was a noodle, honestly, at some point. 
Um, but I think that having like, you know, this, I call a six week break, you know, this, this injury that we've had, you know, Drew Brees, uh, on for the last couple of weeks, I think that actually might be better for him long-term because he gets to, you know, save his shoulder a little bit. Uh, it is, it is a throwing hand injury though. That's scary. Yeah. But I mean, he's also overcome a throwing shoulder injury when he was, uh, back with San Diego with the chargers and came back and <laughs> became a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was that was the whole reason why the Dolphins didn't pick him up and decided to go for Dante Culpepper instead is because, oh, one guy's coming off a surgically repaired shoulder, the other one's got a surgically repaired knee. Let's pick the quarterback with the knee. <laughs> and Dante Culpepper is not in the league uh, and hasn't been for quite next- some time. Yeah. <laughs> for quite some time. Drew Brees still playing up Hall of Fame numbers. So... Anyways, Saints number two. I'm okay with that. Number three, I, I'd I'd be comfortable going Panthers. I'd be going. I'd be comfortable going Panthers even if Cam Newton doesn't come back. Yeah, I would because Kyle Allen has done enough to not throw away the ball and have the offense run through McCaffrey. They have a solid wide receiver group. Greg Olson. I know he's not you know young young, but he's shown that if they're going to give him space, he can go out and he can do it. Call him by his real name. Third leg, Greg. <laughs> There it is. Oh man, I don't want to get into that. Anyways, we're running up against a uh, time. Are we good with that? With those rankings, are we good? Yes. I had a different one, but really, okay. So make your case real quick. All right. So I got Redskins. Get out of Bucks here. And the line. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this episode. I'm offended. You put Bucks with the Redskins. Podcast. I'm offended. Bucks aren't that bad. Yeah. Man, this, the Washington almost lost to the Dolphins. That's their, uh, I was afraid you'd have to you you'd do ten minutes on that game today. I know. I thought about it. You, you have no idea. It was in my notes. I decided to avoid it. Anyways, thank you for listening to this episode of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. Uh, I guess you'll be able to catch me uh, sometime in the near future. Maybe maybe we'll do it sometime this week. We'll get it on the uh, on the pod. We'll go out to uh, we'll call it a team uh, bonding experience here at Somewhat Sports. <laughs> we'll go to uh, whatever local establishment has the hottest hot wings. And yeah, we got to figure that out. Yeah, we'll post it on our on our YouTube channel. Uh, you know, just you can just YouTube somewhat sports will come up on there, or uh, I guess youtube.com slash somewhat sports, and it'll be, I think, our probably our first video <laughs> on that <Yeah>. page. <laughs> so we'll probably post it on Instagram and Twitter and the whole thing if you're not a big YouTube person. Um, but you won't get the full experience till you uh, till you check it out on YouTube. So with that being said, I'm John Dennis. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, on behalf of Alberto Camargo, where can they find you on uh, on Instagram and Twitter? And uh, Twitter is a l b a r e t o e. And the same on Instagram, just with an underscore at the end. John? Instagram is JLWilliams5. No Twitter account. Still, no. what, are you, what are you doing, man? You're missing <laughs> out. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. Again, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Somewhat Sports. We'll catch you next week.